All right, everyone, welcome to the Course of Action podcast. The guest today is none other than author of two books. By the time you hear this, his second book will be out. Matt Scott, how you doing? Doing good, Jeff. Thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. Of course, man. Yeah, thanks. And uh, thanks for uh, sending me a book. Um, I got through most of it um, before we sat down to record. Excellent. I really like uh, the lines then, and we're going to talk about that. Um, but first, let's talk about uh, who who is Matt Scott other than just an author? <laughs> well, my eight to five job is uh, I work in the supply chain industry and I have for this is my 21st year, actually. But, uh, uh, you know, my journey as a writer um, started uh, really a couple of years ago because um, I did not enjoy even reading, you know, grow, growing up because of all the you know, required reading that we had in high school and college, you know, right. Watership down. I mean, I just, I, you know, just watership down. Maybe you wanted to go out and shoot rabbits. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, when the Da Vinci Code came out, you know, that was just a phenomenon, right? So it was, but mm-hmm. we just had to read. So I read, I read it, loved it, went out, bought all of Dan Brown's books. Um, and then uh, we moved offices. And I, I, to this day, I consider this to be divine intervention. I swear to you. I was on the interview in, on the uh, elevator with a guy that I've never seen before, never seen again. Somehow we started talking about books and spy novels, and he's like, "You have to check out Vince Flynn." I'm like, "Oh, really?" So I went to bookstore right away. I think I bought uh, Act of Treason, read it in two days. You know, then I just flew through. You know, whatever Vince had out at the time, and then I was I was getting it the day it came out uh, for, the, for all of the new novels, and then you know I kind of got wrapped up into. Brad Thor, Mark Greeny, you know, some of the other guys. So I really caught the bug, so to speak. Yeah. And, uh, you know, David Baldacci was one of those authors and, uh, he's Baldacci is from Virginia. So, um, he lives, you know, not far North from, you know, uh, Williamsburg or something like that. Anyway, he came down to, uh, William and Mary college when he was having one of his books out coming out. I think it was long road to mercy. And it was in November of 2018 and I was getting ready to be, 40 at the time. So it was my turn at the desk. I asked him, I was like, look, I'm getting ready to be 40 is 42 old to write your first novel. And I kid you not, this dude stops mid signature and looks up at me like this and just says, hell no, the industry could use some good young writers. Now I didn't know whether I should be happier that this, you know, this legendary man of the industry was telling me to go forth with my mythic destiny or that he thought 40 was still young. That's but, what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> 40 still young. Yeah, yes. exactly. So, <laughs> Uh, you know, after that, you know, I had all these self doubts, you know, can I do it? You know, it's, it's, it's natural. Right. So, uh, but after that, I was like, you know, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? I'm going to stay in supply chain for 20 more years. You know, why not? You know, what do I got to lose? So yeah, it's my retirement. Yeah, exactly. So I came home, started writing it. I had an idea, you know, thanks to one of the ideas I had was, uh, you know, kidnap CIA agent because, uh, I read Beirut rules by Fred Burton loved that loved that book good one. Uh, but i was really trying to get people to you know understand what goes on inside iran it's really easy for you know to pick a rant to, to be a villain in any type of spy novel but i wanted people to understand what goes on inside it and that's kind of what i took from the da vinci code because da vinci code kind of a lot of dan brown's novels you know langdon takes you on a tour of whatever city you know uh, dan brown you know, bases the plot. I wanted to do the same thing with Iran. So I watched a lot of YouTube videos, did a lot of research on it. And, uh, 
you know, I just, I, I followed the process, you know, I got rejected 96 times by literary agents, uh, until I finally got one, but, uh, you know, lines surviving the lines Den um, sold within two weeks and it came out last October and they gave me a three book deal. So, um, the sequel, nice. you know, uh, sorry, that's that shoulder, uh, <laughs> raining deception comes out. It's sequel. It comes out in two weeks. And then I'm working on the third one, which is called the Ayatollah takedown. I actually just sent it to my editor this morning. Nice. Yeah. I, Iran is one of those countries that we just don't know a lot about the inner workings because they try to yeah. keep that really away from, especially us here in the United States. Yeah. Um, so it's a, definitely an interesting country to choose you know a lot of people syria iraq afghanistan russia you know you you tend to see some of the very i don't want to say typical because i'm not trying to like downplay it or anything no no no. you you tend to see a lot of recurring places come up in in books and um it's cool to see somebody kind of focus on one that we don't talk about a lot and um for really for me i don't have a fiction book out yet i'm I'm still working on it but for me it was the really big turning point um while we're talking about kind of those influences was mm-hmm. mike mike madden and he wrote uh the drone books and okay yeah i i read a mike madden book i was like this thing is awesome and he kind of got me back into reading and because okay. i wasn't at the time i was the only thing i was reading was military stuff for my career sure. so i wasn't i wasn't interested in reading for pleasure you know sure. i was i was reading for work and that right. was enough <laughs> right <laughs> so but all like, it takes is that one author that yeah, one author that changes can change your life they really Ma- can yeah mike madden really told me um you know you still have that creative side of you that you had as a kid and uh-huh. I kind of read his books. I was like, you know, one day, yeah. one day I'm going to write a book. I'm going to venture into one of these and just, you know, not knowing anything about the publishing world, just thought, I'm going to do that. And then it was, yeah. I really started writing when I read Jack Carr's Savage Son. That's, oh, yeah. that's what told me I yeah. got, I got to at least try because right. this is on another level. So, yeah. um, and then of course, you know, Mark Graney, Brad Thor, um, you know, Eric Bishop is a good friend of mine and he's got, he got an awesome book out there called the body man. And uh-huh. um, I'm yeah. a big John Grisham fan, Michael Crichton, you know, yeah. so then I start going back and reading all the old books like Jurassic park and outbreak and all that. Absolutely. Uh, a long time ago. And uh, uh-huh. I found, I found reading for pleasure. Awesome. Again. Guess another one. Um, so, you know, finding reading, reading for pleasure and then I find that a lot of motivation in that. So um, uh-huh. it's cool to see where you drew yours from to get here now. But let's talk surviving the lion's den a little more in detail without giving it away, because, of course, we want people to go out and buy it and find for themselves. <laughs> um, but this is a kind of a unique perspective, I think, as, as opposed to you don't necessarily have like a a, a main protagonist you have some in a kind of a collective but the main point is that there's a cia agent that's being kidnapped in iran that's the big focus Mm -hmm. um how did the book come together from idea to main characters to kind of fruition and what were the were any bumps in the road you know any changes in direction how'd that go about yeah i had a i had a big change in direction after my first edit um but you mentioned, uh, you know, um, multiple perspectives. I mean, I, I would say that Kirk, Kirk Carruthers is my main character, but I kind of mm-hmm. molded the story 
because you see everything through Kirk's eyes. He's the one that's taking the, the readers on the journey through Iran. He's the one that's on a personal uh, quest to get revenge for his grandfather. Um, but I kind of molded it a little bit different because I'm a fan of the Blue Bloods show on TV. Now, if you think about the Blue Bloods TV show, you know, Donnie Wahlberg, he's really your main character because he's mm -hmm. the one that gets the cases and all that. But the show does not exist without Tom Selleck. I mean, right. you can't have it without Tom Selleck. So I, that's kind of where I went with this. I, I needed the Tom DeLange, my CIA agent character, to be the kind of the main focus. But I needed somebody else to kind of take people on the tour of Iran, understand, you know, get personally vested in his quest. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was always fascinated with the, the CIA coup in 53. I mean, it, it, at the time, it was considered a very uh, a big success. But, you know, the dominoes have kind of fallen since then. And, you know, Iranians have a very long memory. Um, but I, I started out with that in mind and my original story was about three friends that went over to Iran and, you know, found, you know, just found the CIA agent, you know, by, by accident. And, uh, you know, they wanted to, you know, go to the, the old CIA, uh, excuse me, the old embassy in, uh, in Tehran. Uh, Cause I, you know, I did a lot of research on that and, the book just ended up being too long. It was like 130,000 words. And a lot of it was, you know, this travel log, you know, we're basically telling a story, but taking people there and not that that's wrong, but there's, you can only do so much with it. You really have to have a central plot. Yeah. Um, so I changed it up and I came up with, I combined the three characters into one. That's the Kirk character. And then I came up with, you know, his personal story of his grandfather being involved in the 53 coup. And, um, you know, I looked at Iran as, you know, they're, they're always going to be on the lookout for somebody who was connected to the coup. So I was thinking, you know, well, what if, you know, there was a manhunt and they're, you know, they've got this list of people they know are involved. So they track him down and, and kill him. And then Kirk goes over there for revenge. I mean, he literally puts his life on hold because he loved his grandfather so much. And I felt like that was a story that was, you know, readers could really get vested into because everybody i think has a good grandfather story or has that one relative that you know they're really really close with mm -hmm. um and the cia the kidnapped cia agent you know that that was a little fun for me because i want uh, i enjoyed writing the torture scenes a little bit maybe that's where my dark side comes into play um but you know i just kind of i tend to absorb things a lot when i'm reading and i, I guess i can only plead osmosis by reading, you know, Vince Flynn and Brad Thor and all those guys of how the, the political workings, uh, you know, go on and the backstabbing. And, um, you know, I, I have a political science and history degree. Um, and then I studied under a former uh, director of the DIA when I was in college. So that's kind of where I, I caught the bug a little bit. And then yeah, a little influence uh, from that. Yeah. Yeah. I really got, really got into it. And, uh, just kind of, once I had that second draft done, um, yeah, that's pretty much the version you see. I mean, there's, we cut some words out just to cut, you know, the word count down a little bit more, but for the most part, that's what you see. And, um, you know, yeah, cause uh, 130,000 words is getting into Clancy and Greeny territory. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's nobody, there is nobody, nobody, there's no publisher in this world that's going to take a no. debut author at, at that much. Yeah. And, that's um, a lot. But I found a really good editor in New York, uh, by the name of Caroline Tolly and I hired her and she really worked with me well on, um, you know, giving me advice and uh, cutting words out and, and changing uh, things up a little bit. And it was done very professionally. And what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, 
no, they'll just, you know, big red exclamation parts. So you might want to think about doing something like this and that kind of. Yeah. Uh, asking really, questions. Yeah. So what, then, what, what is this for? What, right. what does it matter? You know, what's right. the purpose, you know, asking the questions. So yeah. maybe you can explain it a little bit more and then they can go, Oh, okay. Hey, yeah. let's table that or let's move it. Or we need to maybe cut the chapter, move on yeah. and do more emphasis on this so that it, right. it drives it home. That's you really need that developmental type of support in your corner because yeah. writing a book is hard. It's it just, is hard. It's, I didn't appreciate how much time and effort some of these authors went into. Like yeah. when I first read The Gray Man, I was like, man, Mark Grinney writes forever. This book is friggin' long. And yeah. I just kind of was like, I did not appreciate it until as a reader, I didn't like long books like that. I like right. boom, boom, action. Let me get blow through it, you sure. know? Sure. Um, yeah. But then I, when I started writing fiction myself and I started being more of a student mm-hmm. of the genre and learning from everybody else, I right. started to appreciate the level of storytelling that like Mark Greeny can go into, yeah. you know, and, and he can approach those almost 500 pages and it doesn't yeah. feel like 500 pages, you know? Yeah. So I never, I didn't appreciate that until I became a writer myself and I started becoming a student of those guys. And then, you know, the dialogue, the, the viewpoint, you know, the, extra what you would think would be fluff you know or mm-hmm. filler as a reader right you're looking at it from a developmental standpoint going i understand now right. so absolutely. if i ever get a chance to meet mark randy i'm gonna tell him just that I'm like dude i appreciate you because absolutely i didn't when i really started listening mm-hmm. oh man it's quality i mean there's a reason why he's got that you know into a movie that's going to come yeah. out so oh, you know, for sure. a, there is a reason you know and same thing with jack card there is a reason and yeah. those guys are at the top of their game and absolutely uh, yeah brad, the- brad thory as well and i know he's got stuff coming out he just hasn't made it public yet but th- those yeah. guys yeah they got it and it's 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 different when you start looking at it from the perspective of being a student of it yeah i mean you can read for pleasure you know, all you want and, and you'll enjoy it. There's no doubt you, sure. you'll enjoy it. Um, but when you start looking at it in terms of the art of the craft, mm-hmm. you can really pick up a lot of things. And, uh, you know, that constructive criticism that uh, Caroline gave me really helped. But then, you know, your first, no one should really try and, and base their success or lack thereof on their, their first draft. Your first draft is always just going to be about just get it out. Yep. Just get take it from your head, put it on paper, no matter what it is, just write it and get through it. And then you can go back and start, you know, trimming things up and tying up some loose ends and, and things like that. And then we start getting to the point where you, you you give it to people to, to read and give, give you feedback. Uh, Then you can really start tightening the knots a lot, a lot like that. And that's kind of what I did. I didn't know, I mean, maybe I still don't know what I'm doing, but that was, the, <laughs> I mean, that was the path that I chose. And it's, it's so far it's, it's worked out well for me. Um, but I just, you just, you have to put it on paper, just write, no matter what, no matter what you do, just write. And then, you know, if you have trouble during the course of it, you know, just kind of set some rules for yourself. I, I gotta be honest. I didn't have run into a lot of roadblocks with, uh, with surviving the lion's den. I, because I guess, I viewed it kind of as, you know, this big band that, you know, uh, had this uh, album in mind, right? So you, you had a, I had a lot in my head. 
uh, I guess the biggest thing I ran into was putting, you know, having too many words, putting too much into it instead of, you know, keeping the, the action lean and, and things like that. Um, but you can but, always cut. Yeah. You can always you can cut always and cut. trim, you know. Exactly. The delete some... key is your friend. The delete key is your friend. <laughs> yeah. You don't. If, if something you know, sucks or it's too long, we'll click. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, when I had to trim it and, and do that, uh, that major rewrite, well, I mean, I rewrote probably two thirds of the book. Um, and it, it was tough, but you, I always, I also looked at it as it was a good exercise because mm-hmm. I did it and trimming is trimming is always going to be the easiest part. So don't, if you end up cutting, you know, 30,000 words, don't look at it as a bad thing. I mean, yeah, that was what you wanted to write at the time. It just didn't work out. And, you know, you're cutting it for a reason so you can make the story better. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I looked at it. Um, you know, I, but my hard and fast rule is no matter what, I do not stop in the middle of a chapter. If I start a chapter, I have to finish it. And, you know, one of the things that kind of helped me along the way is I would write my chapter, which is usually, you know, just call it between a thousand and fifteen hundred words a day. Um, when I finished, that was it. I stopped, and then the next day I would come in. I would reread what I wrote, get the juices flowing, make a couple of edits here and there, and then immediately write the next chapter. So okay. it kind of prevented the the dreaded you know um, writer's block, where which I don't really don't even like saying out loud for sake of you know getting the virus. But um, when you it rereading the chapter before lets the juices flow. So it doesn't feel like you're, you're starting cold for the day. I mean, you don't want to, you know, go for a run and, and, and run at a full sprint as soon as you get out. No, you want to stretch, you want to warm up and then you get, and then you get moving. So, um, yeah, I've done just, something kind of similar. I, uh, I'm a very organized guy. So I use Scrivener yeah. and I just created chapters. And then in those chapters, I just jotted down a whole bunch of notes. It might be, uh-huh. 50 words, it might be 350 words. And I just kind of just whatever I was thinking, just kind of let it blurt out and I typed. Uh And then, you know, as you go into each chapter and you start to write, you know, I can Mm -hmm. look back at the previous chapter, see see the notes, and I I change the notes as I write the chapter. So it's a quick reference. Yeah. You know, basic basic principal points, names, nicknames, things like that. And then you just kind of keep rolling and it's just kind of always one of these things and you, you keep it going. Um, But for me, it was always about getting it out too. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's just a roadmap. You're beginning when you start thinking about the story and the characters, you just have a roadmap. It's not nothing set in stone. I mean, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you treat it like that, you can, I know Kyle Mills pretty much does. I mean, his outlines are, I mean, he basically writes the book and, considers yeah. it an outline and then goes back and fills everything in. That's what I heard. I heard that he it's, writes like a 30,000 word yeah. outline. And then he just wakes up one day and says, I'm going to write chapter yeah. 17 and just yeah. goes after it. And like, That's, wow. <laughs> I mean, hats off to him. Yeah. I, mean, I That is an amazing process. I, I can't do that. Um, I, I'll start out, I'll do something similar like you did and I'll just take an Excel spreadsheet and I'll just kind of outline the book and it'll be something as similar as Jeff goes here or there's a fight here. And that, that's really all it says. Yeah. And it'll probably be about two thirds of the book. And that's where pressure sets in. It's like, Oh my God, I only got two thirds. How am I going to get the rest of it done? And uh, the pressure that sets in is actually probably a little bit of a good thing um, because it makes it, it forces you to, you know, get your creative juices going. Uh, you don't want to get too lackadaisical with yourself. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, I'll do that. And then as I'm writing, okay, oh, I can add a chapter here. Maybe now we're going to go here instead of there. 
And if I have Tom DeLang and he's missing for five chapters, I can look at the Excel spreadsheet and say, oh, he needs to move up here. And, and, you, and you shuffle it around a little bit. And um, that's what works for me. Uh, Brad Thor, you know, he says he gets his ideas in the shower. And he's a total pantser. You know, he writes by the seat of his pants. And I think uh, when I've talked to, you mentioned Eric Bishop, you know, I've met him. He lives not too far away, about an hour away. We talked about the craft and he says he's a total pantser. So everybody has their own. Yeah, Eric craft. definitely is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've everybody. talked to Eric before and he's like, I just had this great idea and I just started writing. I was like, yeah, what's, you know, for what book? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you just, you know, and, and more power to him. I mean, I'm amazed yeah. that people can do that. I have to have a little bit of a roadmap that says at least go east or something like that. Yeah. Um, but the important thing is no matter what your process is, have a process. You yeah. know, make sure and, and then make sure you stick with it. Be disciplined about it. And um Yeah, what works for you. That's that's the big exactly. thing is what works for you. I'm a very yep. organized person, so you know, I have a spreadsheet of, you know, books one through five and uh-huh. critical moments, you know, you don't necessarily write a trilogy, but you kind of like, it's more like that maturation of a character or of moments and yeah. you got to have conclusions and, and kind of rebeginnings. And, you know, you look at somebody like Jack Carr and the terminal list, you know, it was essentially three books of kind of checking off the mm-hmm. boxes and finishing the story, but each right. book was a new story. It had a new purpose, right? you know, and um, I think with like Brad Thor, or, you know, Scott, Scott Harvath and, and, mm-hmm. and kind of what he has done throughout his 20, almost 21 books now, yeah. um, what you've seen Scott go through, you know, and, yeah. and the maturation process and having mm-hmm. a, introducing the family and different women mm-hmm. in his life and the emotional draws right. that you see, um, it, you know, uh, the fact that some of those guys can go kind of just by the seat of their pants blows me away because yeah, it's amazing. I I can't, I'm so, I'm so organized. Maybe it's my flaw that (laughs) I've got to plan things out. Now, having said that I have rewritten so many different things because other ideas came naturally to me in a developmental process. So let's talk Surviving the Lion's Den is done. It's out. It's being published. Mm-hmm. When did Iranian deception come about? Or did <laughs> you get that light bulb to go, okay, this is the next one? Uh, okay. So when I finished Lion's Den, you know, my intent was let's get it out. Let's get it published. Let's see how it does. And, you know, maybe I'll write a second one. And the ideas were kind of forming a, a little bit in my head, but I, I really didn't have much, uh, you know, just a couple of you know, various thoughts, to be honest with you. And when my agent called me to tell me that uh, they wanted Lion's Den, uh, he says, is this a series? I'm like, well, you know, I was thinking about it. He's like, well, the publisher wants a series. They want, you know, three books. So what what are the names of the other two books and what are they about? So I had to come up with something. Like I can change it later, right? (laughs) Yeah, right then and there. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, right then and there, I came up with something. And uh, it was nothing more than the thoughts that the original thoughts that I had in my head. And I kind of, you know, formatted a little bit into the book proposal that was submitted uh, to kind of, um, you know, attract them to, to the other ideas. Uh, but it really started out nothing more than that. And uh, when I got my, my contract, um, you know, I had to, I had to jump into books two and three pretty much right away. So there was, there was no time for me to debate with myself, uh, about Might what be a I was good thing. 
Yeah, because I mean, that's where I think pressure is a good thing. I mean, yeah. you know, you think about it because I had to look at it from the standpoint of this is what this is what I wanted. This is where I wanted to be. You, you know, if you want to play for the championship, you got to be able to handle the moment that you're in. You can the crowds, you know, going off, you know, you know, whatever. So pressures can, you know, often be a good thing because but you have to recognize it and look at it. As you want to be here. This is why you want to do this. Yeah, you got uh, to take pressure. How do you? How are you going to react to pressure? Are you going to fold, or are right. you going to go okay? Because a lot of times, I know when I wrote my leadership book, and you can see right here, yeah, um, I wrote probably sixty-five thousand words, and really that seventy to eighty thousand is kind of pushing it for a nonfiction. Yeah. And I wrote sixty-five thousand words, and I canned about thirty of it, and then I just kind of started over because it okay. was, I felt the pressure of, you know. Is this going to be readable? Are people going to right. like this? Is this just, yeah, am I just blabbing about myself or am I providing value? Right. But right. that pressure of questioning whether it was good enough opened my eyes to the value. And that was really sure. kind of what I saw. So those yeah. 30,000 words got canned, but they were still up here. Sure. And it kind of yeah. turned them into what you see the meat and potatoes of the book now. Yeah. And that was a really big turning point for me as a writer, because then I started saying, okay, what's the value in this? Right. You know, and yeah. why am I questioning whether it's good or not? You know, yeah. there's going to be people who think it sucks, but there's going to be people who go, this is going on a top, top shelf, man. This is right. my, this is my highlight. This is the one I talk about the most. So it was just kind of like, I think I have to go forward for the fact that I have something to offer and yeah. I shouldn't question it. Cause there are going to be people who don't like it. And why do I yeah. care about their opinion? I mean, you, you, those, those are the things you can't control. Right. I mean, you exactly. know, you, you can be in the moment you can be, you know, you can be afraid of your opponent. You know, you can be, you know, how can I handle this? You know, what, what's going to happen? Are they going to laugh? Are they going to cry? Are they going to point their fingers at me? That's all noise. You, you, you have to understand that, if, if you want something, you want it for a reason. And when the time comes and opportunity knocks, if you want it bad enough, you're going to, yeah. you're going to do what you have to Get do. It. Just don't worry about the other thing. You know, I, I'm very happy that, you know, a lot of people that I have never known before in my life have given me good reviews or messaged me on uh, Instagram or Facebook, telling me how much I like it. And that, and that means the world to me. Uh, but in the end, the stories that I've written for both Lions Den and uh, Iranian Deception and what's coming up in Ayatollah Takedown, they were the stories that I wanted to write. And I, you know, have a good team, a, a good editor, a good, a good publisher behind me. And, you know, it, somebody's going to tell me if, if something doesn't sound right or something's wrong or uh, that's what you have a team for. Right. Uh, but write your story. Mm -hmm. the, the, your story is the one that it's important, especially on your first book, because you're never going to have another first book. So yeah. And you don't I, know what's is going to come after that. You don't know yeah. if there's going to be a second or third, go all in on your first yeah. one and say, I did it. I published because yeah. just writing a book is something that people are afraid to do. Yeah. Some people won't even do it. You've already, you're already in like the 10th percentile, just writing one, you know, yeah. and then publishing it gets you into the fifth percentile and then getting another one is in like the second percentile. Right. You know what I mean? So like, you know, obviously those, I don't know if those averages are true, but just putting it in perspective, like yeah. Yeah. there's a whole lot of people out there who go writing a book would be really cool. 
And then there's people out there who go, uh, eh, maybe I'll give it a shot. And then there's people who actually do it. And then there's right. people who actually do something with it. Right. Big, big difference. Just start shrinking, you know? So, um, but speaking about control and the Iranian deception, first question, mm-hmm. um, who did your covers? Uh, Hannah Linder. Uh, she's contracted by my, my publisher at speaking volumes. Well, um, I'll tell you what, those things are on fire. I absolutely love. Oh, thank you. The covers. Yeah. They are both phenomenal. So shout out to Hannah because she crushed it. Yeah, she did. She really did. And I, I was actually being a debut author. I, w- I want this to come out right. Being a debut author the publisher is going to have, you know, they, they have their fair amount of say as to how they want it published because sure. they have rights too. So I really expected a lot of pushback from the publisher and I didn't, I didn't receive any, uh, the images you see on both book covers were what I had in my head pretty much anyway. So I had my idea of, of what I wanted and, uh, Hannah did exactly what I asked. I think we had to make, you know, two changes on the first one and maybe one change, one or two changes on the, on the next one. And uh, they came out exactly the way I wanted. And at that point, it's kind of like, you know, you want sales to be good. You want people to, to buy it and like it. But there, when you see the cover for the first time, it's like that, that's where it comes in. No matter what, this is my vision and this is what's coming out. And that's where, the sense of pride kind of kicks in and uh, she did um, a really good job on these two. And I, what I've got in mind for the third one, I think people are really going to like too. She did such a good job. Cause I, I, you know, me, like a lot of other consumers, we're going to buy a book based on the cover. Cause if yeah, it, it's your it number looks, one marketing, yeah, tool. it doesn't look good or not. And mm-hmm. I put a lot of books on my Amazon reading list. Mm-hmm. So then relative or I get, to a point where I need to buy a new one. I, I kind of have an idea instead of trying to remember. Yeah. <laughs> and I put your book on there like three times. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it looks that good. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, uh, I guess on the learning process, you know, one of the things that I learned is on the cover of Lion's Den, there's something about, uh, you know, escaping is their only way to do, discovering the truth or, or something like that. And it is what I asked, but, um, as I think back on it, you know, maybe I should have put something a little bit more catchy or something that would uh, capture the reader's attention. Like Eric, when he did Body Man, uh, that's what he did on the front. And I think oh, he had the perfect tagline. Yeah, he, he had the perfect tagline. So that's one thing that I, I don't think I did correctly. And if I could do it over, I would probably change that. But when I did Iranian Deception, that was one of the things I made sure that I, I changed. So it's, you know, there's there's learning processes. Sometimes you don't sure. know what you don't know. Um, Eric obviously knocked it out of the park the first time around. I'm still, uh, I'm trying to nip at his heels a little bit. I like to, I like to kid him, but, um, yeah, I text him all the time. Me and him text back and forth and I'm like, how's yeah. breach of trust going? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm always, I'm always bugging him. Cause I'm like, Hey man, come on. I need yeah. to follow up to the body man. Cause yeah, he had the perfect little tagline. I think it was he like, did. who protects the president, the body man, who protects the secrets or something like that. Yeah. And then the body man's gone missing. I mean, it was just like three lines. It was like, boom, boom, boom. Oh yeah. I mean, and that's, and that's all, and that's all it takes. And, you know, to that point, you know, it's one of the things that I can say is within the, the literary community among the authors, everyone is so supportive of right. each other. You I know, know. I, I, it has been, been the shocked. greatest thing. Yeah. I've because we all know how, how hard it is not only to write, but the publishing business. 
you know, so I was sending, you know, you had David Darling on one time. I've, I've talked to him a number of times. So I sent him a copy of um, the cover for Iranian Deception. I sent one to Eric and they all give feedback. They're all, everybody's so willing to help each other because everyone knows it's a very tight community. Nobody, yeah. it's, it's writing is hard enough. So you want to see people succeed because if you think about it, any author's success within your genre can ultimately be your success because it's, it's the genre you want to keep the genre going um so in well, people you know, want more to read so exactly so if you know, my name is on the front of your book saying you know the iranian deception is a thrill ride that you, you must seek dash yep. jeff clark well who's jeff clark does he write books like that too does he write books like matt so then it just turns into exactly. well, now now i gotta follow jeff because if jeff's endorsing matt and matt's endorsing jeff and then it just kind of goes like that and i was shocked yep. i talked to eric one time and i was like i cannot believe how supportive you think it would be very very competitive you would think yeah. in a specific genre, especially in a thriller genre where there's, right. there's a lot of veterans like myself and special operators that have really kind of, I don't want to say infiltrated, it might be a bad word, but they've used their experience sure. to write. And it obviously pays off because there's some remarkable oh, authors. Sure. Yeah. But you'd think there would be a, a massive amount of competition. And that he got, Eric got Don Bentley to write something on yeah, front of his book. That was amazing. Yeah. I mean, that was Don Bentley was at the top. Yeah. He was huge and he did that. So it's just so cool to see yeah. people doing that. And who did you, did you send the Iranian deception to anybody of note? No, I didn't because I was under such a tight timeline mm. um, to, to get it done. You know, I, I wish I had Eric, um, you know, he went to thriller fest, I think three years in a row. I want to go, but it's, it's a little, it's a little pricey. Yeah, uh, I was in New York this year and I was like, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I'm looking at all the pictures on Facebook and everything. And I mean, I want to go, but uh, you know, based on, you know, what it's cost me for my editing services and stuff like that, you know, my wife's kind of like, yeah, you mean, you know, we, we, we can go, we can go to Miami or whatever. You, know? you should go to BoucherCon this year up in Minnesota. Oh Yeah. You should. Okay. Uh, Eric's going. I'm going. Um, I bet Steve Stratton's going. A couple other people, but yeah, that's a big one too. All right, I'll have to take. A, I didn't know about that one. Yeah, I'll have to take a look yeah. at that. So I think it's the 9th through the 11th of September. Okay. All right. I'll take. Yeah, I'll take a look at that. And but I mean, I I, I would have given you know the Iranian deception to to anybody, but it just the opportunity was. I just didn't have it. I I was under a clock to get it edited and get it done. Um, but you know, I had some, I have some really good beta readers that, um, that read a lot, of, read a lot of books in general and they read very fast. So, um, you know, I'm happy with what the feedback that I got, but always, you know, if you can get a Don Bentley or, or somebody to, to really give you that, um, that thumbs up, it's, it's going to help you. Um, yeah. so, so what is time. So what is, let's talk about Iranian deception since it's the new thing that's going to be out. By the time people listen to this, it's going to be you know available to order. Um, what without giving it away? Let's talk about the second book in this series. What is the Iranian Deception about in a nutshell? It, it the Iranian Deception comes out on June thirteenth, so it's a little less than two two weeks away. It is a sequel to Surviving the Lions Den, but I I, I kind of change things up a little bit. Um, in Lions Den, there's a character called Ben Thrasher. And that, that failed on a mission. Uh, and I was all, I kind of just, I was just kind of grown to that character. I wanted to do more with him. 
and Kirk Carruthers will be in it because uh, you know I'm not going to leave out my main guy. <laughs> All uh, right. Yeah, I mean, plus I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of personally invested in him. You know, yeah, tough, tough sequel if he was just gone. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you know, people want to see him, but Ben Thrasher is the main character now, and he, this is a guy who has a lot of emotional issues. You know, has very big guilt complex. So I wanted him to take the reins, but uh, the nuts and bolts of the Iranian deception is that the, the supreme leader of Iran is dead, and within three hours, the Council of Experts has named his replacement. Whoa. And uh, the, I'll give I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a preview. Uh, the the book opens up with my uh, character Beth Jenkins uh, being awakened by uh, another character from Lines End named Farad, who is her inside source in Iran, being woken up in the middle of the night, giving her that news. So you have to figure out what's that kind of that's that's my hook to see who is who is um, the new supreme leader. It is a character from Lion's Den. I've done a lot more with that character. I developed that character. Uh, but he wants to totally, he tries to find a way to blow away these economic sanctions that the West has on Iran. And he's using a secret from the Nazis to do it. So I, the idea, my idea for Iranian deception was let's take the two biggest governments in terms of, um, I guess we'll go with the word evil. Yeah, uh, controversial modern, history. Yeah, mo- yeah, in modern history. Let's take the Iranians and the Nazis. I got to play around a lot. It, so that's the one thing that I can say about Iranian deception was it was a lot of fun to write because it just, I allowed myself, A, the ability to write a bad first draft, no matter what, just get it out, and let's play around with it. So it was, it, I, I just tried to tie things up and see how it worked. And I think the people are, are really going to like it. It is a... Um, it is a really action-filled novel from from start to end. I feel like, and uh, you know, it was my attempt to follow Brad Thor's advice, which was, um, you know, to avoid a sophomore slump. You know, set high expectations for yourself and mm-hmm. just just go with it. So, yeah, that was it's that's my uh, that's my mission. That was my mission on uh, Iranian Deception. And uh, well, on the cover, the cover looks very uh, dramatic. You know, you got yeah. some missiles going off. You know, the yeah. red red always kind of signals danger and yeah, pops. yeah, and it pops. And now that you're talking, you know, of course it's going back to Iran. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and but with the Nazis and things like that. And that's a that's cool. So a lot of surprises in store, I'm assuming. I think yeah, I can't give away too much, but I think people sure. are gonna like with some of the stuff that I come up with. Um, and I wanted to stay, I wanted to stay with Iran, you know, I didn't want this to be, you know, let's take them and, and go into you know, Afghanistan or Syria or whatever. Uh, this, all three books have to do with Iran because that's, that's my playground at the moment. And I still, I just felt like there was more that I could do. There were things that I wanted to put in the first book, first book that I wasn't able to. And, you know, I, I just, I kept doing my research and I'm really fascinated with Iran. I wish that I could go. I, I, one day I hope maybe, you know, I will be able to go cause I would love to go. Mm-hmm. But, um, right now, uh, I don't think it's very safe for, for an American. I've read too many stories about them ending up in prison. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, <laughs> and right now with the way the world is and kind of, you know, we're spending like a top right now more than we ever probably have, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I would say it's probably dangerous for 
an American to travel anywhere that really isn't a pretty solid ally. Um, yeah, I agree. You know, or a member of NATO or the UN because you just don't know. I mean, no. it's just, it's a very unstable climate right now between some of the superpowers and their allies right. and battle lines are kind of being drawn and it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of uh, scary, but it also is a lot of great material. <laughs> oh, for for creatively for authors, this is. Yeah, I mean, this, this is, is perfect. <laughs> oh, this is gold. This is liquid gold for us. Yeah. But I mean, when you look not, at not for not real good for the world. <laughs> no, no. I mean, the invasion Inspiration of Ukraine is, and you know yeah. what you know China's looking at. You know, with Ta- you know Taiwan. I mean, yeah. it's, it's you know it, it has a very big domino effect very fast. Yeah, um, Ukraine. So, I feel for. I just feel for the people that are over there and, you know, thoughts are with them, obviously. And, yes, um, man, I hope they're safe. And, um, it's just, a, it's a very tough world. So when people are listening to this, Iranian deception is out there right now. You can pick it up. You can also pick up surviving the lion's den. Um, are we going to be cranking out a book a year? When do we think you got an early idea of when the next one's coming out? Um, I just submitted book three to my publisher to, uh, excuse me, to my editor today. I'll get back his edits by the end of the month and it's due to my publisher by August. So if I had to guess, I would probably say February, something like early early, 23. Yeah. Early part of 2023. I don't, I I don't have a firm date yet. haven't firmed that up with the publisher, but this one, uh, rainy deception came out uh, between eight and nine months after uh, lion's den. So I'm probably going to, aim for that same that same type of schedule and you know um then after that we'll see i mean i would love to to be able to write full-time or or to continue doing it but uh there is a business side associated with it that uh yeah we have to have to see how it works out but um this no matter what it has been a great journey it has been my story that i've wanted to get out and it would have been one of those things that i would have regretted not doing oh yeah i you know, it was on my deathbed and, um, now I can say that I did it and I owe a lot of people, um, a lot of debt of gratitude for that. And a lot of them are people that I haven't met. You know, I did meet Brad Thor one time, but, um, got greater appreciation for him, you know, uh, Les Brown, Tom Bayou, all their motivation, uh, you know, helped me help propel me to do this. And, I, I did thank them and uh, the acknowledgments of book one because it was uh, it was a big journey and I couldn't have done it without them. But never give up, live your dream, and no matter what, be proud of it. And that's that's the road I'm walking right now. So surviving the lions then is out. Irene right. deception is brand new. When you're listening to this, it is going to be out. So you can go pick up both of them at the same time yep. if you want to find out more about Matt Scott and when the next book is going to come out, you can find him at all the social media links and websites. He's about to drop right now. You can find me at uh, mattscottbooks.com. You can sign up for my newsletter and contact me through email there, or you can uh, hit me up on Facebook. Just add a a regular friend request. I don't have a business account. Uh, Message me there on messenger or Instagram at, or Twitter at mattscottbooks. Uh, between the two, uh, Instagram is probably my more favorite of the social media forums. So, uh, Instagram or Facebook is probably the best way to get a hold of me if you want to talk to me directly. 
And go pick up his books because the covers are some of the best I've seen. And uh, they are they are absolutely phenomenal. I love them. They just caught my eye immediately. So, Matt, thanks for... Thanks for coming on, and uh, maybe we'll link up at BoucherCon if you decide to come uh, this year. And uh, you know, first drinks on me, and we'll Absolutely. we'll kind of talk books and stuff. And um, yeah, man. So just, I just appreciate you coming on, sending me a book, and, and allowing me to kind of uh, get some of your time.